right, I think. Oh boy. Hi everyone. Hello. Um, we Hi. were really uh, prepared to have an audience of only our family members. <laughs> so and really now we exciting. have so many more. That's cool. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so I feel like we've been on hiatus for a minute. Yeah. A lot has happened. A lot has happened. Drake almost killed Kanye West or something. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess that's true. Didn't he say, he was like, he's like, you come after my family. Kanye on Twitter really was very afraid of a Torontoian Drake. I mean, I'm not afraid. Never mind. Yeah. No, yeah. that wasn't going to go anywhere. I don't know. But we've like, I don't know. We missed a lot. And it's always kind of one of the funnest parts of doing this podcast is having these interactions with you guys on Twitter and on our emails and that type of thing. And so I mean it from my heart when I say we've missed you. We have. It's um, true. Not by name. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but we've missed your energy because that definitely has been there. That's the fuel for us. That's the only reason we do this. Um, right? Yeah. Megan, did you watch the Golden Globes? <sighs> Jesus. I did. Um, they were extremely boring. Um, I contemplated falling asleep, but I couldn't because I was blogging for Jezebel. Uh, <laughs> Ugh, work. Uh, work. Um, the one thing that I was the most upset about, I think, by far, is Bohemian Rhapsody winning literally anything. Have people in the audience <laughs> seen Bohemian Rhapsody in general? It was truly one well, of the... I actually, like, did anyone in the audience... Maybe this is, like, I'm putting you on the spot. Did anybody in the audience like it? Oh, I, I heard, love like, that. a couple of muted yeses, and I think you're very brave. And it's nice. It's okay if you're lying, but you don't have to. Also, this it's okay if you liked that terrible movie. Oh, is it? I mean, oh, yeah, I guess it is. I guess it is. It was really, really bad, in my opinion. Um, I couldn't focus on anything other than Rami Malek's teeth. They, he couldn't talk around them, which but, I think was the real fun. Here's my question, though, which I've been wondering since the Golden Globes. You know, I, is the way that he spoke when he accepted the award, like how he normally speaks? Or has he started to, like... I don't did think he, he was talk? doing an accent. No, 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 but like I feel like he was talking in a specific way because maybe his mouth was used to the teeth. Um, maybe. I also literally very recently figured out that iRobot is not about robots. So I really could not tell you what uh, he really sounds like. I watched one season of that show and I don't remember it. So about that, hacking? It's about hackers? Hacking, hackers. He wears a hoodie. Yeah, hacking Type and they're in. on the Lower East Side. And he's like maybe not a real person. So he is a robot. But he's not a robot. No, I don't know if there's an actual robot in the show. Anyone who has seen the show, feel free to share with us. If is there is. a robot in iRobot? We're very qualified to be doing this. Oh my this. God, we're so nervous. Um, yeah, iRobot is a movie with Will Smith. <laughs> Isn't it like animated? We're doing oh great. Oh my God, that's so funny. so good. Um, what I... <laughs> actually uh, enjoyed Bohemian Rhapsody because I definitely like ate an edible. Okay. And then um, it was just the funniest movie ever. So I also ate an edible before I saw Bohemian Rhapsody. But I saw Separately. It, we don't plan these things. My father is definitely not in the audience. It's fine. Um, but we... Uh, <laughs> but I had also pulled my hamstring at the Rockettes dance class so I was in like extreme pain. That's just, that's what you do. <laughs> it was for work. Um, but I was in extreme pain the entire time. And we were in one of those theaters that was advertised as a reclining, like with the recliners. Ooh. But it only went up like this much. Wow. So I was just like, the hamstring was continuing to be strained for like two and to five hours, however long that movie was. I do love the hell. idea of like a budget recliner theater. It sucked. Where they just put like a squatty potty in front of you. A squatty potty would have been preferable <laughs> to the like I mean, weird like fake dentist chair that I was in. Yeah, I, watching that movie, um, it's pretty interesting because it kind of just like erases his whole gay identity for the most part. That's true. It's like a lot of it is about him with this woman um, who I hear he's dating in real life. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So good for them. Love Congrats. is uh, always welcome. Love is always welcome. That's how we feel. Love is, we love love here at Dirtcast. Um, but yeah, that movie was freaking bananas. It was and I good. am kind of in a way invigorated that the Golden Globes were like, we're going to give this a prestige award. <laughs> but also at the same time, I think it's very, very weird. 
because I like when things go wrong. You do like that. I um, do appreciate your passion yeah. for chaos. But which I, I also lack. feel like at a, like the time, like we're like that was like the times up Golden Globes. A lot of women gave yeah. times up speeches, right? And then they were just like, forget all that, everybody. Brian Singer, <laughs> um, who like legally we can't say, but like we cannot and touched we a lot of boys. <laughs> Um, Legally, allegedly. Um, I mean, they, oh, okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to like make it funny because it is the opposite it's not of funny. funny. No laughing. Um, but it is just like the Golden Globes' willingness to be like, yeah, but like, it's about Freddie Mercury. You know, like it doesn't Ugh. matter. It. I mean, good for them. Well, and the other big winner of the night was Green Book, which is another. I have not seen that. Ooh, I heard some some oh, groans. Wow. It's weird that you guys don't uh, appreciate interracial friendships that cross. <laughs> Uh, cultural uh, lines and social norms. What I think is crazy is I didn't realize that Peter Farrelly directed Green Book. He is one of the Farley brothers, right? Yeah. Okay. And then didn't he get in trouble for like, they discovered that he had like shown his dick to like a reporter or something? Oh, they've all shown dick. I mean, who who among us, I suppose? I mean, not me, but whatever. Yeah, that um, movie was also very strange in that um, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it, but if I can like give a little... Just a hint. I'm going to spoil a little piece of it. It's okay. But it's most of the it's movie like takes place in the South, and they're dealing with uh, systemic racism kind of sure. wherever they go. Sure. The movie sort of ends with them pulling into New Jersey and getting pulled over, and kind of the thing is like, here we go again. Um, and then <clears throat> the cop is just trying to help them fix their tire. Okay. That's good. That's nice. So the good okay. news is that um, there Great. definitely is no racism in the tri-state area. <laughs> Uh, the tri-state area is not a racist place. With. That's true. I don't want to talk about Green Book anymore. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because I didn't see it, so um, I can't speak at length about it. One thing so. you did see, what we did watched I see? it together. Oh my God, we did, not too long ago. Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club, have you watched it? <laughs> what a show, what a program. What a career she's had, you know? It's really just... I think it was very funny because Megan and I watched it together. And yes. at the end, she said, I don't know if I could watch this again. I felt depressed. And I said, I loved Maddie it. Maddie was riveted. We sat together on my couch with. I mean, yeah. It's horrible. And it like, we bad. are complicit in like the destruction of this person. Totally. We have been. I mean, yeah. But also, that's fine. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's just, she's been a famous person for so long that I think. She, like, doesn't know how to talk anymore. No, she truly like, does all, not. Which is no. so fucked up. Um, it was also very weird in that she kind of cries through the whole thing <laughs> about <laughs> things that don't really make sense. Right, um, right. And she immediately, like, the first night, kind of, like, this, like, knockoff Vanderpump Rules crew uh, is getting, like, <laughs> fucked up at the mansion. Right, right. And, like, they're swimming in the pool. They're in their underwear. Right. And kind of the gist is that Lindsay and the other owner. Panos. <laughs> Panos. I love him. Um, of the beach club crash for like a last minute like a meeting. a surprise. It was not a fucking surprise. Um, like, I mean, come on. And there's one girl she decides to just hate immediately. What was her name? I don't know. Gabby? They, none of them have names. They did. <laughs> Their names are all Gabby. Their we'll names are all Gabby. all Gabby. It's true. Um, she found eight people named Gabby. <laughs> but she was like, this girl is so disrespectful. She came to meet me in her bra. Right. And I'm just like, you showed up at her house. <laughs> and to be fair, everyone was wearing their undergarments and not appropriate um, swimming attire. Because, like, one girl went in in, like, workout pants, which I thought was, like, a move oh, that yeah, I would not have done. Oh, yeah, she into the pool in, like, wearing leggings. In, like, a leggings. Lululemon legging and, like, a top, like a bra, which is um, not what I would do, She personally. was the blue-haired one who they told her, you can't have blue hair, our DJ has blue hair. Oh, right, hair. Evka? DJ Evka has um, blue hair, so she then, had to dye her hair pink. And they said, not a lot of people would change their hair for a job. And I'm like, I think people do I mean, I think <laughs> if someone says, hey, your hair is, they just do it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's also like a job that you like get to be on television right. and drink shots for with, all the time. Right, with Lindsay Lohan. Um, Miley Cyrus got married. She did. And this is a thing that I keep thinking about. And I know it's not a new thought. Oh. And everybody saw it coming. Okay. But it is so crazy that she just adopted that like ratchet personality for an album and yeah. then now it's just like it never happened. I mean, that doesn't yeah. 
Again, yes, everyone like she did were, do like, that. There were so many think pieces about it while it was happening. The so ratchet, I was like yeah, this shit, is like yeah. what white artists get to do is right. they get to pick up on things. Right. And they get to you know. Uh, take and then disregard when right. they want to. Right. But it's just like she did exactly what everybody said she was going to do. Right. And then she was always going to go back to like Miley in a Vivian Westwood vintage gown getting married to um Oh no. Can she get it? Ah. She was getting married to iRobot. <laughs> no, which one is it? Liam. Liam, sorry. No, Chris Liam. No, it's Liam. Chris is I was like, like this time I'm right. <laughs> it was Liam. Which um, is is he is he attractive? I mean, I guess he's fine. They're all they're whatever. They're all like very strapping you know. Australian men. Yeah. That's like fun. I feel like the um if you were like really edgy, what you would do is you would like fuck the third Hemsworth. Who's the third one? Liam. He's on Westworld. I don't know. Alex. Does anybody know what his name is? Because I didn't look it up. Alex? Luke. Luke. Thank you. Yeah, just be like, you know what? Who's like, <laughs> I feel like that's like what like a Kirk sister would do. <laughs> Domino? Domino's married to Penn Badgley. You're right. And there's Lola and Jemima. Yeah. So, I still got it. I don't it's know. It's in there. Yeah, you do. I know. I, I don't. That's um, okay. Are you guys deal. ready to uh, have our next guest come on? Our only guest? Our, I should say. <laughs> our next and only guest? Yeah, I don't want to like really <laughs> prop it up. <laughs> Um, so we are so excited yes. to have on uh, from Drag Race All Stars three uh, Bed Stuy's very own Aja's here, and we're so excited. Be there. We'll see you. Um, can we? Hello. Uh, an abrupt, an abrupt um, sound cue. That's okay. Can Not we a big talk deal. about what happened last backstage with the soup? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we must discuss the soup incident. Okay, I have to be honest. I have no idea what we were talking about. I, I, I don't know either. But there was a lot of points to be proven. And I went straight to put my finger on, on your knee. Yes. And literally, my nail <laughs> flew from her knee into a miso soup. <laughs> And we had to it take did. a second. That wasn't just the law of physics. That was God speaking. It was amazing. Yeah, it was, it just, was amazing. I mean, it really proved the point, whatever it was. <laughs> and then we, we removed remember. it, with, and I removed it with the chopsticks and set it aside. Yes, she did. And I don't know where it is now. I Very mean, that's skilled. the only way you handle fish products. You I know agree. what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. All right, ma'am. I see. I see. Um, <laughs> I guess we should talk to you about some stuff, yeah? Oh, yes. Yeah? You wanna? You wanna? I'm ready. Like, okay, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Maddie. Um, all right. Like, I guess that's what we're doing today, Megan. Okay, okay. All righty, ma'am. That's enough from you also. Um, all right. So how do you think your drag and performance has evolved since most of us saw you last on All Stars 3? Um, well, hello, everyone, first of all. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Um, I feel like now, like, my, I don't really look at my drag as an art form. My drag has kind of, like, become part of me. A lot mm -hmm. of people have kind of grown to this assumption that I'm over drag or tired of drag. But the thing is, is actually that I love drag so much that it, it's become more of an expression to me than just an art form. Now, like, when, when I'm dressed up, I don't look at myself like, wow... I'm trying to be the best drag queen I can be. I'm just trying to be the best human I can be. Mm -hmm. But in drag. And uh, it's a completely different thing. I think it's one of those subjects that should have been brought up um, on, on that reality television show. But that, it just, have you guys program. heard of Drag Race? It's uh, not a lot of people know Just a it. small program that you know, it just has definitely like, runs Emmys all the time. Emmys and shit. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like in season five, uh, where we had the whole Roxy Andrews versus Jinx Monsoon debate. See, the conversation that was missed opportunity that should have been brought up is uh, drag as an art form versus drag as a medium. Right. And I think that the, the real frustration there was that Roxy is such a great drag artist while Jinx is someone who is a great comedian and actress using drag as a medium. Mm -hmm. And I feel like one of the big uh, ev uh, evolving involvement... I wanna, I'm making up a word. Merriam-Webster is shaking right now, but I'm going to make this word up. <laughs> one of the, uh, the biggest involvement... <laughs> 
Evolution? Evolution. Evolution. You know what? Nobody's perfect, okay? No one No what? one is claiming to be but perfect. But also, like, this is as close as we get. This is I the closest to, to perfection. I'm literally we'll one see. color away from blonde, so let me have a slide, okay? Do whatever you want. Live your life. I'm one bend and snap away. <laughs> Um, yes, one of my biggest evolutions, I think, is uh, not really looking at drag as an art form anymore for me, but looking at it as more of a medium to express my other talents. Mm. So, uh, like, for example, now I, I don't lip sync. I don't... I, I just do my own content. I've really... Uh, became devoted to writing my own stuff and uh, producing my own content mm. because I feel like it's me speaking from the heart. Uh, and it, I don't know. I feel like I have a lot of things to say, and I'm very outspoken. And I think, what better way than to do something like like music mm. and writing? Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's the biggest evolution for me in, uh, in the drugs. It's sort of like uh, drag is a part of your artistry as opposed to drag being your artistry. I feel like drag is a part of me as a human now. Yeah. Like, well, me, me personally, me as a, a gender non-conforming person, mm-hmm. as someone who uh, is a non-binary person on the spectrum, meaning I don't abide by uh, societal uh, gender specifications. I don't follow that bullshit. I think it's all made up. I feel like there's no, like, I'm a human. I, I can present and in any form or way that I want to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of feel the same way about my art. I feel like my art is being made whether I look feminine or masculine or in between. So I, that's how I want to do my art without putting a gender on it. For sure. I mean, so, yeah, please. That was good. Uh, <laughs> this is sort of along those lines where there's been a lot of debate about the inclusion of trans contestants on Drag Race. Uh, RuPaul has said some kind of, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say fucked up shit um, about it, where I think the big debate was over the contestant Peppermint, and Ru's statement was that she was okay because she had not had any surgical uh, adjustments to move towards being more physically female. Uh, I'll say that first. (laughs) No, so I want to hear you talk about that, because it is... Honest, I, I, I don't agree with that. I feel like, first and foremost, I feel like if anybody does their correct uh, research, I feel like trans people are the true pioneers of the art of drag. Um, but I feel like there's been sort of this idea of excluding trans women from the show. Mm-hmm. I, I don't agree with that. I feel like trans people should be allowed to compete on the show. And I feel like I, they're trying to push that narrative now that they had uh, Sonique and Gia on the... Right future projects of the show. But I I would love to see, like, new trans faces cast on the show, like, as us getting to know them as the beautiful trans person that they are at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I completely disagree. I feel like Peppermint was trans the entire time we were there. Yeah. You know, I feel like gender is not is not defined by surgery or an appearance. If, right. if you feel that way and that is who you are and you know who you are, then that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I feel like there's this sort of like generational thing, though. Yeah. I feel like RuPaul does come from a different generation where things were different, uh, and I feel like it's hard to change someone's mind. So. Uh, all we can do as the newer generations is sort of set an example and say, like, you know, uh, I don't hate you for feeling this way, but think we're in a different place now, and we should have that involvement. We should move to f- move to a place where trans people can succeed mm-hmm. and have a job, and one of the only jobs that's been available to them this whole time. I also... I also feel like it's kind of degrading to drag to say that someone uh, post-op or transitioning couldn't do it. Because that implies that the only thing about it is appearing female or, you know, presenting female. And it seems like at this point in time, there's so much more. I I think that there's there's a bunch of... genetically, biologically born women who do drag, right, or as yeah. they call hyper drag, who, who fuck up the whole spectrum, make it look amazing and do these crazy club kid looks. And uh, there's also like that stigma against women doing drag. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, you know, uh, actually Thailand's Drag Race just cast their first, uh, uh, I don't, I don't want to say bio queen because I think they're just drag queens as well. Right. 
but their first uh, woman who does drag. Oh, nice. And I think that's a great step in the future, but I would love to see that in, in the American market. Sure. Uh, right. Because I feel like the American market has so much influence on the rest of the world, and people really look up to, to our standards. And if we're really leading with that sort of message, then other people are going to be influenced by that. We, you know, we don't want that. No. We want people to move forward, not right. backward. Definitely. Yeah. I think that uh, it's sort of interesting to think of, I mean, RuPaul is such a pioneer, you know, and she did such amazing things for the art of drag. But also, uh, it feels like just a weird space to try to draw defined lines regardless. I'll leave it at this. I say anybody can do drag. It does, like, honestly... You know, and from the words of RuPaul herself, you know, uh-huh. you're born naked and the rest is drag. Like, that's, that is, it is what it is, and that's right, what yeah. it is. You know, again, that sounds like a contradicting statement on her behalf, but... Uh, <laughs> but, okay. um... Right. I agree with that statement more. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely, I, I definitely just want to see more trans people on Drag Race. There are so many amazing trans queens. Sasha Colby, Aurora Sexton, uh, Chantel DeMarco, like these gorgeous, beautiful women who have devoted not only their their lives to, to drag, but their bodies, mm-hmm. devoted their souls. And that is the type of dedication we want to see. Like, I get it's a reality show, but we want more than right. just like... The drama. We want the art. We want the origin. Sure. Yeah. Give us reality. Give us the creation. Give us as close to reality as you can on a Give reality us television. More. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's there's oh, like I'm, when Acid Betty was on, she had like very snarky things to say about Brooklyn drag queens, where mm. she's like they're hairy, they're sweaty, and it's like that's she what was I love about Brooklyn drag in particular so. is that it's like way more freeform. That bitch is hairy and sweaty she's too. She's gross. I did not care I for mean, her. Also. So. Just, the worst. So. She sucked. <laughs> Why don't we just... I, I just I, think I, it's an interesting thing because, like, you came up in Brooklyn Drag and I want to hear a little bit about, like, you finding your identity through that. Well, I think it was a little weird for me. Uh, side note, I do think Acid is, amaz- is an amazing artist. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, she's, I, like, an incredible visual yeah, artist for sure. I love, I love her All art. All I know is from TV, so... Ah! <laughs> on to the question. Anyway, moving <laughs> I, uh, right on. So I, I was one of the few queens in Brooklyn when I started doing drag uh, almost 10 years ago who was actually born and raised in New York right. and from Brooklyn, doing drag in Brooklyn. There wasn't a lot of these uh, girls. And um, I feel like a lot of the other girls like, were kind of like edgy about it uh, because I come from an urban environment. I'm New York before the gentrification, so... You know, I had a way of defending myself and kind of growing up in a space where I had to fight for everything, including just to have a voice, to be heard, to be understood. And then you kind of have these people who come from different places where they were given everything and everything was sort of privileged. And then they come here and they're like, well, no, you can't have this either. And uh, I think what really set me apart from the pack at the time was I, I said, fuck you. I said, whether you like it or not, I have literally sacrificed everything in my life for this. I dropped out of school for drag. I moved forward. I cut off all my friendships, basically, because none of my friends agreed with it. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is what I want to do. And if this is what I have to do to get there, then I'm going to do it. So um, I shit it on everybody, and look at me now. That. That's, that's kind of nice. that's kind of like my advice to anybody though. Like right. if you if you want to do not just drag but any like art whatever, form, right? You have to think of everything. And I always date this back to fucking biology, survival of the fittest. That's how it works when you're in an entertainment industry. You have to fight for your own, and you have to make it known that you're not going anywhere. That's what creates longevity. Is that you don't give up, mm-hmm. and you always have something to say. That and always remain controversial. If you're too good or too bad, people forget about you. But if if there's people loving you and hating you, you will always be the center of conversation. (laughs) I mean, it's something we said backstage. We're like, oh, I'm not a bitch. I'm that That bitch. I love people. I I told them, I said, you know, sometimes people think I'm very opinionated. I'm glad you know. (laughs) 
You know, people have come up to me like, oh, I thought you were a bitch in season nine. And I'm like, well, what's changed, love? If you thought I was a bitch then, I'm probably a disgusting bitch now. I probably got a little worse, in fact. Who can say? Who knows? Worse. I am the worst. That's right. That's right. I'm trash. <laughs> that's what we all have in yeah. common we, up uh, here. We refer to ourselves as trash raccoons oh, because true. that is... Uh, Me. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a perfect pairing. It actually just... was, like, startling to see Aja and Megan backstage because it was, like, oh, it was like long-lost uh, twins <laughs> or something meeting on a level of... Uh, we're cousins, I we're told cousins. you. Yeah. It's fine. It's okay. Of, uh, the fifth sister. Of just being themselves. I mean, what? when am I ever not, <laughs> ma'am, you know? Trash True. raccoons, buy Trash it on rac- iTunes. Trash <laughs> raccoons, yeah. Um, all right, so here's a, here's a fun question, I think. Um, so you are a practitioner of Santeria. Yes. Yes. Um, how do you think that practice differs from the sort of, like, Instagram witchcraft that we see out and about these days. You know, maybe a photo of some sage, maybe like a crystal for no reason, that kind of bullshit. Like that to me seems Like Sephora fake. selling their like witchcraft right. kit. Like a what? sort of a really? yoni, like, yeah. Like a yoni egg, and, like a yoni egg witchcraft versus like some real shit. I think, I, well, uh, my honest opinion is I think anybody is open to their own beliefs. I okay. feel like if you do have a belief in your spiritual person, it usually leads you to be a better person. Usually. My belief don't... is Sephora, so <laughs> it works out. Yeah, I believe only in Sephora. Makeup so. is spiritual, okay? Thank you. Thank you. I've been um, saying that for years. But, uh, like, my practice is, is something that uh, I, grew, I grew up practicing in my family. And uh, interestingly, I'm adopted. Mm. But it's just something that I fell into, and it's just something that I willingly, like, believed in. And um, it, it is something that's very misportrayed in the media, too, because a lot of people think that my practice is, like, this sort of, like, satanic cult and, like, right. this crazy, like... Yes. You see the the press sometimes, they're like, bones found in basement Santeria, and you're just like, what? Like, uh, right. Well, it's like me me and, like, my family would read that shit and be like, girl. (laughs) They would never find our bones. (laughs) (laughs) We hide them Oh, they're in the basement. Oops, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, Uh, no, I feel like anybody's... uh, Anybody should have the right to practice their spirituality. There was a time... In America, actually, where um, it wasn't easy to do these types of practices because there were so many limitations. Uh, So I'm just like, I feel grateful to be able to practice my practice. And I wouldn't want to take anybody else's belief away from them. Mm -hmm. So I say, like, if you believe in that, then good for you. I mean, it's what works for the person. I think that's kind of like how religion and practice works. That's true. Um, Which is why I don't believe in, like, trying to persuade other people to believe in my beliefs. I just say, like, you believe in what you believe in. That's your faith and that's your uh, salvation. I don't think I'm being saved at all, but work. (laughs) Uh, everyone talk to me after about your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. This is where Maddie... Okay. Well, the Westboro Church is outside right now. Oh, good. Yeah, that's... I'm Madeline Phelps, oh the daughter Lord. of Fred. They Just kidding. Coats. He's horrible. I hope he dies. Did he die? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Oh, yes. Wait. Let's just... It's too soon. <laughs> is it too soon to hope that Fred Phelps dies? It's never too soon. I mean, no. I, I don't think say, so. I was going to say, I feel like it's... Not 80 years too late. Enough? I don't know. There's some, there's some time measurement that we're if, not reaching. But and if fine. that's the like controversial thing I say Tonight, on stage, I moment. hope Fred Phelps dies. Is it that controversial? What <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I stand by it. Let it be. I stand. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so you have a new album coming out in February. Oh, yes. Um, it's called Box Office. It's out February 7th. Am I right? Yes, you are. Okay, thank goodness. <laughs> Our um, research paid off. So I want to hear about your influences in making that album. Also, just maybe tell me your struggles. Oh. Oh. <laughs> in oh. making that, that on album. the list? Okay. You don't have to talk. Life struggles you can put aside for the moment. We're talking about <laughs> no, yes, creative. No, yes. Um, when it comes to music, I've been writing music actually for 10 years. I've been writing music at the same time about that I've been doing drag. And um, like I released an EP earlier this year. It's called In My Feelings. It's on iTunes, Spotify, um, all the streaming platforms. But uh, when I released that EP, it was truly, I felt like I was pandering to the image people wanted to see of me. 
which made sense since I had just came off of reality television again. And I was like, you know what? Let me like give you know my fan base and supporters something to enjoy. But uh, when it came down to writing my album, I really re- started to realize like how kind of how fucked up my life was, and like how I was like, you know, how can I be a voice for people who are similar to me, or who grew up in my neighborhoods, or going through things that I went through? And uh, when I wrote my album, it's like I didn't write write it with the intention of it being good music or being good anything. I wrote it with the intention of speaking to someone else's heart and soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's because I put all of myself inside of it. Um, but I'm just going to say this. My album is so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's just the touch of putting myself into it. And I'm so excited for people to see another side of me. Um, like literally, like in a nutshell... I'm adopted. My parents divorced when I was six. Like, I raised myself on the streets. Like, I had no idea where I was until I was, like, 18, and I took, like, seven DNA tests. And uh, actually, my dad, my biological dad died before I was even born, so they didn't even know who my father was. Mm -hmm. I ended up finding out um, in my late teens that I was half Arab and half black, and, like, that was, like, a very big revelation to me. Because I grew up in a Puerto Rican family, so I, I kind of thought that that was who I was. And then I kind of had to go soul-searching again to explore, like, this heritage that I never had. And honestly, I'll never have fully. Right. Uh, but that itself makes me want to be a voice for people, people of color, which is a huge bracket. Uh, but also queer people of color, trans people of color. And, the, you know, these are some of the most marginalized individuals in our society all around the world. And um, when I wrote my album, I want, I, what I really wanted to prove was that a queer person of color, like this little boy to society, but to me just a human, could make a piece of art that didn't need a gender, that didn't need a label. It just needed to be heard. And... Like, I really hope people take it. And, you know, I'm ready, I'm ready, for, I'm ready for everyone to have their opinions. I mean, and they will. And they will. I mean, much. opinions are like assholes. But guess what? Everyone has one. The more you talk about me, the more success, the successful I am. The more strength oh. you gain. And I think it's something I tweeted yesterday, actually, on Twitter. I said, um, you know, it's funny when people think they control your narrative because... I'm in control of my own destiny. So you can write whatever story you want about me. You can say whatever you want about me. But I know who I am and I know my truth. And uh, that's another thing I hope that other people who follow me and support me get to realize. They're in charge of themselves. Everybody has a voice. Whether they realize it or not, nobody's voice is louder or not louder than the others. It's just using your voice. Wow. That's nice. I don't know. I like I'm that. I'm sorry I got so deep, though. What's up? <laughs> I know. I was like, I might, might weep a little bit. Oh. <laughs> I won't, but that um, was very nice. Aja is going to come back uh, to join us in a little bit. Oh, yes. Uh, but she has to get prepared for something very special. Very special. I just, I just lost a nail, but I also have to pee. Oh, my Lord. All right. It can stay. It remains. All right. She'll Thank be back. You, babe. Okay. Um, so, uh, if we could get the lights up, please. Just a, just a nibble, not too much. No, we want it glaring. I mean, not all the way. We want you squinting. Um, we are actually gonna take a couple to a couple to three. We're gonna take Literally three volunteers, just three, just three. Uh, from the audience. Um, oh shit! Wow, I love this. One, two, and then I see three. Yes. Oh my God. Where is the? You mean the Get out of all line up right here. 
God, this is so good. Yeah, if you guys could just line up. We're doing a little, uh, I feel like we should have told you this before you volunteered. Um, all right, if we could slow the music so that we can uh, meet our folks. There we go. Um, so we're going to do a little bit of a celebrity gossip quiz. Um, the winner will get uh, the new Jezebel Kunsan Kunsan Kunz t-shirt as modeled by Justin Bieber, a personal friend, a close personal friend. Um, but first, let's have you all introduce yourselves, ma'am. My name is Dodi. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm Carly. Carly. I'm Corey. Corey and Dodi. All right. So the way that this game is going to work is we have some trivia questions. It's going to go down the line. You get a chance to answer. If you can't, it passes to the next person. They can steal your point and get the next one. Um, so that's kind of how it works. Um, you feeling about ready? It's going to get, it's like the questions vary. And also you in the audience, I know that you know. So just, just like don't say anything. Don't say anything. <laughs> Um, all right, so very first question. Uh, which male socialite called Lindsay Lowen a fire crotch in 2007? <laughs> I feel like you probably blogged about this. I definitely did. <laughs> I don't think I do. Is, it, is this on? No. Is that? Oh. Um, I don't know. Brandon Davis. Oh my God. That means the second question goes to you also. You have a chance to make another point. Um, all right. Uh, which Entourage character is rumored to be based on Lala Kent's fiance, or man, as she calls him? Uh, Randall M. Oh no, Randall Emmett's the, the fiance. I'm, oh gosh. Um, which Entourage character? deliberately did not watch that show after a certain point. Um, I, I, I'm guessing it's one of the sleazy producers. I don't, oh God, I'm guessing it's the, maybe the director Billy something who's like a dick. Um, that's like very flattering physically for Randall Elmet, Emmett, but no, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. For, do you have any idea? To try. Okay. Um, do you have any idea? No. It's Turtle. <laughs> yeah, but if you look at Randall Emmett, you kind of get it. I don't know. Jerry Ferreira maybe has a bit more of a charm. Um, I say, do you want a good question? Sure, I would love to. Oh my God, great. Hello. Okay, question three. Stavros Niarchos Third is a shipping heir from which country? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's okay. No, please. It's totally fine. I will read it again. I butchered his name because I don't no, you know. Actually got Did it I say right. is Niarcos the correct pronoun? Cool. Okay. Stavros Niarcos the third is a shipping heir from which country? We got this. Logically, Spain. Unfortunately, that is not the answer. All right. Looks like Dodai wants to speak. Dodai, do you have a, would you like to? Greece. Okay, congratulations. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Um, all right, next question. Which actor called his 11-year-old daughter a rude, selfish little pig on a 2007 leaked voicemail? Alec Baldwin. Thank you. For, all right. Um, all right. Which of these people are not tangentially connected to the OJ trial? All right. Faye Resnick, Catherine Edwards, Chris Jenner, Lisa Rinna. God, who's, can you tell me Catherine Edwards? Maddie, do you want to handle that? Catherine Edwards was a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills for one season, and she's half deaf. What? <laughs> okay, that, okay, yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, I'm going to probably say Lisa Rinna. Yes. Yes! yes! I love that. Um, oh my God, you're doing, you're doing so well. Okay. Which dead celebrity's bathroom was featured on the cover of Pusha T's 2018 album Daytona at Kanye West's insistence? 
I fucked that up. But if that made sense to you, I can read it again because yeah, I was so, not paying attention. Again, a celebrity's sort of famous bathroom was featured on the cover of Pusher T's Detona, uh, um, and it was because Kanye West demanded it. Do you know whose bathroom it was? No. <laughs> I'm really glad you came up. <laughs> Uh, don't I? Do you know? Whitney Houston? Yes. Okay. It's very dark. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is a good one. Um, all right, and this is going to Miss Dodi Stewart. Uh, what does Vern Troyer, Burt Reynolds, and Stephen Hawking have in common? Oh. Pose for Playgirl. <laughs> no. Stephen Hawking did not pose for Playgirl. All right, do you have any idea? Wait, could you, who is it? Uh, Vern Troyer, Burt Reynolds. Mini-me, as you may know him. Uh, Burt Reynolds, a a Playgirl spread that you might know. Um, And then also Stephen Hawking, a genius. They all carry XY chromosomes? I don't know. I that's yes, but no, not for these purposes. I'm going to go with my perfect shriek. No, I don't know. All right. The answer is they all died last year. All right. Okay. Yeah, I know. Thank you for acknowledging the truth. Okay. Um, all right. <laughs> um, is Jada Smith a Scientologist? Jada. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody just knows, just up for, up for a debate. Wait, we can shout it out. Yeah, let's at this point. Uh, it's no, a free for all. No, she denied it on that the talk show she has with her mother and um, and Willow. Except then there was speculation, and Leah Remini came on telling her about like she was asking her friend where Shelley McCavage, and she was asking where Shelley McCavage was, and I um, I. Yeah, and so although she and Will donated some money to a maybe Scientology-affiliated school, their official answer is no. Um, You're right, but the official answer is yes, she is. (laughs) All right, we got uh, one more. Okay, this is actually, we're going to go down the line and see who does this the best. Uh, I want you, uh, in the time it takes me to count to 15 on my hands, name the most bad men that you can. Bad men. Bad men. All right. Alec Baldwin, Harvey Weinstein, Les Moonves. Uh, (laughs) They're all bad. R. Kelly, Les Moonves, Donald Trump, Alec Baldwin, uh, Harvey Weinstein, um, Chris Harrison, because he's terrible, Um, Chris Hansen, because he's also creepy, Bill O'Reilly, Bill Maher. um, Donald Trump, Jeffree Star, uh, Alec Baldwin, my father, uh, <laughs> my mother's boss, uh, my mother's lawyer, the judge in my mother's divorce case. That's about it. I was just gonna let her keep going. Um, I mean, so, you technically won. You won. Um, but the good news is that all of you guys get a T-shirt. So if you want to go um, up to our stand after the show, we'll make sure you get the right size. Um, and we really appreciate you guys coming out tonight. And um, that was a great... Uh, good. Yeah, you all killed it. So um, we're really so excited to debut for the first time 
uh, Aja is going to be performing a song off her album. She's going to be performing Kill Bill. We're so excited. Um, please work up some energy for her because she deserves it. going keep it going go, go go we don't know it's gonna happen go check it out yeah. also um i'm asha no, <laughs> oh yes brooklyn oh yes Everybody, this track is called Kill Bill. It's off of my new album, Box Office, February 7th. Check it out. This song is dedicated to every motherfucker who said I couldn't do it because I'm right here doing this shit today, baby. Let's hit it! Hold on, get into these inches, though. Uh. Put you on my list. I'm a killer. Bet you get the gist. I ain't a villain. I'm only here for my revenge. It's a vendetta. Sweep them on a binge. No dilemma. Take them to the cleaner. Shoot games getting meaner. Shoot. Yes, I said meaner. Fuck a nice demeanor. Fuck These me. bitches so pressed because I put them to the steamer. I bring the heat. 103. Shoot like a fever. Back. Kill Bill. Kill Bill. I'm shooting back. Sweep them on a binge. 
no dilemma. Take them to the cleaner, shoot games, getting meaner. Yes, I said meaner. Fuck a nice demeanor. These bitches so pressed, cause I put them to the steamer. I bring the heat, 103, shoot like a fever. Kill Bill, kill Bill. I'm shooting back. like a donkey in a cemetery is the most New York shit I have ever heard. Yes, everybody please give it up one more time. Aja. Uh. Guys, this is the end of our show. It is. Uh, it thank is. you so much for joining us. Megan and I were terrified and you were <laughs> such a nice audience. Thank you. Um, what is, oh, we have a merch table that's selling Jezebel t-shirts. Oh, modeled by um, our per close personal friend, Justin Bieber. Our young son. Our young son, Justin Bieber. They're really nice and very good. You should buy one, thank you. My boyfriend, Leonardo DiCaprio, is here too. Um, also, we have a Twitter account now. It's at DirtCastPod. It is mostly me stoned getting mad at the TV. Um, so don't blame Megan. Um, yeah. I just, yeah. But thank you all so much for showing up. And thank please you. meet us at the bar for a drink. We would love to meet all of you. Um, it, it's so touching. It is. I'm happy. This is good. It's over. Yay! All right. Thank you. Bye. And that is our show. Thank you, Bell House, Victor Jeffries, and our fabulous guest, Aja. Special thanks to our recording engineer, Bill Moss. This episode was mixed by Jamie Colazzo. Manda Nemofidi is our executive director of audio. Our theme music is by Stuart Wood. If you want to send us a tip or just let us know what you think, hit us up at dirtcast at jezebel.com. You can find us on Spotify, NPR One, Pandora, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts.